Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Building on the Rock, produced by St. Peter's Lutheran Congregation of Fond du Lac, located at 1600 South Main Street. Our congregation has had the privilege of serving our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ since 1858. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8 or 10.30 or every Thursday night at 6.30. St. Peter's serves Jesus' little lambs with a preschool through 8th grade Lutheran elementary school and supports Winnebago Lutheran Academy. We invite you to take advantage of the many opportunities that St. Peter's provides to help you build your life on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and his word. For more information, call us at 922-1160 or visit us at stpetersfdl.net. May God bless you as together we continue building on the rock. Good evening. And welcome to God's house on this third Sunday in Lent as we continue to see the great passion and suffering that our Lord has for us sinners who are now his dear children in his cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We were like people dying of thirst who were powerless to help themselves, but God's love has been poured out into the hearts, into our hearts, like <clears throat> living water. This is our sermon text, especially verses 1 through 5 of Romans chapter 5. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice confidently on the basis of our hope for the glory of God. Not only this, but we also rejoice 
confidently in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces patient endurance. And patient endurance produces tested character. And tested character produces hope. And hope will not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For at the appointed time, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. It is rare indeed that someone will die for a righteous person. Perhaps someone might actually go so far as to die for a person who has been good to him. But God chose his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening. <clears throat> First thing I want to do is make sure this works. I sound like there's an echo, so I'm good. I'm Pastor Zarling, and I'm retired, living on the west side of West Bend. It's a great privilege to be with you and share the Lord's word with you. <clears throat> now, grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father, through Jesus the Christ. Amen. We'll go back to the second reading, Romans chapter 5, and we'll reread a portion of that. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice confidently on the basis of our hope for the glory of God. Not only this, but we also rejoice confidently in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces patient endurance and patient endurance produces tested character and tested character produces hope. And hope will not put us to shame. So far the reading for our text. Maybe one more comment. I have had a habit of asking questions during the sermon, and I know that the immediate reaction is that of frozen. So if I happen to slip one in, someone be so kind and shout out the answer. Thank you. Now, dear Christian friends, this is my first time here, and I really don't know anything about Cedars St. Peter's congregation. I've heard a little bit about it, but I don't know what you're like. I suppose, uh, like every congregation, you've got a character or two. You know, the ones that quickly talk out and are very opinionated, the ones that don't want things to change, or the ones that want you to make sure that you're listening to them. But as I was thinking about this matter of a character, it dawned on me that if those of you listened to Pastor Berenger's sermon last Sunday, and he talked about the gift that God wanted to give to those who don't want a gift. And if you're one of those that have taken that to heart, then you know what this gift is, and you know that this gift carries with it 
quite a few other gifts. And you know that with it comes a whole new personality. You see, once we're born again, we are reshaped, remade. And so our personality is redeveloped. So in that light this evening, I'm going to talk about your renewed life with a happy personality. And I'm going to do two parts with it. You are known as a person of heavenly peace, and you are always happy about your future and your suffering. Now about this personal peace. We all know what the word peace means. We sometimes strive for it, but usually we want it. Well, that's what God and Jesus are really all about. Peace. In fact, when Jesus entered our time frame as a baby, the angels sang this magnificent song, Peace on Earth, Goodwill to Men. So a lot of people think, well, now you're going to have all kinds of peace all over the world. But that, that isn't what it means. So here's my first question. Anybody want to quickly point out what the angel is talking about? Peace on Earth? Oh, that's right. I was kind of afraid of this. That is excellent. Thank you. It is the angel announcing that God is at peace with us and that he is not holding anything against us. Our text says, you have been justified by faith. We have peace with God. That means he has, through Christ, stepped into our life and brought to us the fact that he's not holding anything against us. He wants us to be a part of him. And now this was an area that Jesus was also very concerned about. One day, as he was preparing his disciples for going back to heaven, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not let it be afraid. The Lord has his favor upon us and what is the Jesus saying? I've got this wonderful peace. It's not what the world gives. And by the way, I'm going to be leaving, and I'm going to be sure and remind my dad about this peace. Now, that is something maybe we should dwell on a little bit more tonight, and that is some of the concepts of peace. One day, Jesus walked out into the country 
And he was up on a hill, and he sat down, and he began to talk to you. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And you remember how that sermon starts? Blessed are, and he goes through all those beatitudes. Well, the word blessed means happy. Be happy. So here's a couple of them that are going to be highlighted by me. They are, blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Now, a poor in spirit person doesn't mean that they poor, that they're poor. That means that that individual's spirit has been tampered down. It's willing to accept. It's willing to bring peace. The one that I want to emphasize tonight was, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, what is a meek person? A meek person is one that is, yes, gentle. It is one that is walking in and around without trying to force himself or herself on the other person, is willing to give credit to what the person is talking about, and is willingly in all ways free from anger, free from rage. And so the Bible says to you, when you're meek, you're going to inherit the earth. Well, that one's kind of hard to figure out too, except when you have all of this inner anger removed, when your personality is peaceful, you begin to see things much more lovingly and much more objectively. You see the items in creation that fit for you as the Lord God intended it. You begin to see that he gave each one of these features of the universe for you to use. So being renewed with a peaceful personality means that we go in repentance to our Lord and I turn over to him that which is the hate in my heart and that which is the grudge I'm carrying and have that removed so other things can come in. Have you ever spent a day carrying a grudge? How about the time when you got upset with your spouse and you did everything you were supposed to do at work, but your mind constantly kept back to that thing? And you hung on it dwelt in it, 
Well, that's the anger we're talking about. That's the grudge that's being carried. It is something that we turn over to the Lord and then practice, practice putting humility and joy in someone else's place. Now, peace is a well-meaning opportunity. But remember, it is the Lord who told you, I'm at peace with you, therefore I declare you just, not guilty, free from all sin. I'm at peace with you, now you go be at peace with others. And you help them out throughout the course of life. Well, let's go from that aspect of your personality to a couple of others. And that is, we rejoice confidently on the basis of our hope for the glory of God. And not only this, we also rejoice confidently in our suffering. Let's look at this hoping what that's like and being able to be happy with it. Now, if you go around life, I think I'm safe to say that everybody hopes. And when we think of hope, we think of it as something that I want good to come with me, I want somebody to fix my problem, I can't deal with this anymore, I'm hoping it's over, or it's something like you're hoping for a nice vacation. Or you're hoping that you're having enough to pay your bills. But the kind of hope we're talking about is where you are hoping for good to someone else. Example, have you ever thought about your children and how you hope for them? You hope for the good that comes to them? You hope for them to be accepted? And that is the kind of hope we're talking about, that whereby we are hoping for others. And that's quite a pleasing personality when you're not trying to take, but give. And now let's take a look at another one. <clears throat> let's rejoice on the hope of our glory of God. Hope for the glory of God. We want to exist in that glory, but more importantly, that you remember the Lord wants you to exist in that glory. After all, that's why he created the universe. That he can share something about him with you. And you experience that well-being. You rejoice in that glory of God when you are exposed to it 
by his designs. You see, that's why in the garden, when they sinned, he didn't turn around and say, oh, you screwed it up, I'm done with you, and threw everything away. That's why when it came time for the flood, he didn't take Noah and family to heaven and quit again. He left them there so that this goal for you to have his glory could be carried out. And now it's kind of a hard thing to talk about glory, but maybe imagine yourself on the Mount of Transfiguration. You came up there, and all of a sudden, Jesus was made glorious before you. Now, who was there with him? Just getting your attention. Who was... I didn't... I heard something. Oh. Well, it's okay, but that's unfair. All right, Moses and Elijah, and they were transfigured. They were there in glory. They were exposed to what God wanted for mankind. Now, you think about that. They want, I mean, they, meaning the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, want you to be a part of them. Now, we all want glory. Can I win the state championship? Uh, can I be top in the, AC, in the ACTs? Can my work be pointed out as really good? That's not the kind of glory we're talking about. We're talking about the glory that God gives to you that other people notice. Let me try this. Last September, Queen Elizabeth died, and it was reported that tens of thousands of people, if not millions, watched her funeral. Well, when you die, that's nothing compared to what's going to happen to you. And you immediately are assumed into a new body that is glorious, along with the Christ, who is also glorious. And millions and millions of people will see your glory. All because that's the way our Father wants it. So in that personality that you have, you're hoping for this glory and then that's the highest hope you have in life. So, have you ever gone to bed at night and said, Lord, uh, if I wake up, will I be in your glory, please? Or have you ever gotten up in the morning and you said, I begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and oh, sometime today, could I experience your heavenly glory? That's a part of our personality. That's a part of where we're looking. Now, I do have one more thing about our characteristic. And here it tells us to 
rejoice in suffering. Now that seems like a strange, strange thing. But rejoicing in suffering is realizing that it is the Lord who uses suffering to intensify his intention on us. <clears throat> trying to think of the Bible verse that just dropped it. It's where the Lord puts his finger. Oh, whom the Lord loves, he scourges, that's the old translation, and chastises those whom he's going to receive. It is the Lord's one of the Lord's ways in which he places on us his intention that we intentionalize what we're all about. So suffering has a major, major role in our life, but one of them is to make us realize that we are being tested, exercised, being made more ready to receive him and rely on him. And so it is that you know these words. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Well, dear friends, I do know a lot about you. I know you're a bunch of characters. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Building on the Rock, produced by St. Peter's Lutheran Congregation of Fond du Lac, serving our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ since 1858. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8 or 10.30, or every Thursday night at 6.30. Our address is 1600 South Main Street. St. Peter's serves Jesus' little lambs with a preschool through 8th grade Lutheran Elementary School and supports Winnebago Lutheran Academy. We invite you to take advantage of the many opportunities that St. Peter's provides to help you build your life on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus and his word. For more information, call us at 922-1160 or visit us at stpetersfdl.net. We'll be back next week with another edition of Building on the Rock. Until then, God be with you.